Good evening, Ms. Porsche. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to a very special episode of Let's Talk Law Enforcement. I am your host, Kenny Dean. We will be joined by my co-host shortly. She's always conveniently late. There she is. Hey, co-host, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> you know I was dogging you out for about two seconds, right? All the two seconds. About two mm. seconds. It's about two seconds, but I have Miss Porsche on the line. We have, you know, you have a background a little bit as far as what happened. And um, Miss Porsche, let me start this out with saying. Hello, Miss Porsche. I'm sorry. Hello. No, that's okay. Go ahead. Hello. Yeah, that's my co-host. That's the fabulous Miss Keisha. Um, I just want to start this out with saying that. First of all, we, we're not in the business to exploit anybody's death or anything as far as, um, you know, making ourselves look good at the expense of somebody's death or, or getting hurt. What we want to put out, as I explained to you, is basically we put out information that the media doesn't. And what I, I mean by it, it's it's really never never the police side of it, and it's really never the victim side of that and we talked about that it's like okay how can we sensationalize this and get more rating you know that's the way i feel about how the media is and i think you've kind of been a victim of that right so what i wanted to do was give you an opportunity and a chance you know because you're right nobody really ever talks about the victim and 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 what he went through or what that person went through and i also say that to say you're black. I said this to my co-host. You're a female. And it that gets lost also, right? Because I, I get it. We everybody's pro-black and yeah, and sisterhood and all that. I get it. But you're right. When it comes down to it a lot of times, it's like that victim, that black victim is uh, you know, is forgotten. So we're gonna open this up. I was gonna take calls, but nope, we're gonna focus on you and your story so go ahead take it away we're gonna sit back and listen and if we have you know questions or whatever we'll throw it back at you go ahead we are listening and you had a floor okay so um i don't necessarily um want to say i'm a victim even though i am i'm just an innocent person that was wrong and no one acknowledged it due to an ending result, which is not really the end because this story continues, unfortunately. Right. So um, I guess I can start at the beginning. Um, I got my car stolen uh, right outside my job at Capital One Arena on March the 11th. Um, I parked it in a normal parking spot that all the rest of the employees park in. I've, I've been there for eight years. Never had this situation happen. I come out. A little after 10, which was a longer night than usual. And I'm like, hey, where's the car? And mind you, at this time, I'm chirping because I'm like, well, maybe I parked further than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it happens. I double back and I go, wait a minute. Now, I know I parked right here. Why is this parking spot? And I just so happened to look down and I saw a piece of my window on the back of the curb. Oh, man. I, I called 911 and I'm like, Listen, I think my car has been stolen. You know, can you send an officer so I can fill out a report? Mind you, there was an officer already sitting on G. So to me, it was kind of like someone really had the audacity to steal my car and there's an officer on the corner. 
So while the, you know, I'm waiting on MPD, I call 311 just to make sure maybe my car didn't get towed. Towed, right. Because I owe tickets, you know. And they're like, no, man, we didn't, we, we, we didn't get your car. So MPD pulls up. He has the audacity to ask me, are you sure your car just didn't get towed? <laughs> I'm like, sure. want to see the evidence? And he's like, okay. So he gets out the car. He walks across the street. And I'm like, here you go. Here's the window. I don't know which window it is, but it is my window because I have tents on the vehicle. And so he takes the police support. And I also inform him, just look up. There's a camera right there on this federal government building. You know, maybe, right. you know. So he's like, okay. He does all the necessary steps. He leaves. I wait for my ride to come. Fast forward, maybe this happened on a Saturday. I ended up calling Monday because I hadn't heard nothing. And so I call Monday um, up at, I, I believe it's First District. Right. I'm not sure which one, but I call and I'm like, so police report was filed on Saturday for a missing vehicle. Can you let me know who the detective is on my case? And of course, they let me know who he is. I call him. I'm like, listen, um, I got some information about my car because by this time I had posted it on social media. I had posted it on my Instagram, my Facebook, and I also reached out to Kilmo News. Right. And I was getting hit back Smart. and forth. Back and forth. Mind you, I have personalized tags. It's my middle name, which is Gay Nail. Very distinctive. My car is actually very distinctive. Um, I have a I had a purple bedazzled uh, steering wheel cover. I had all types of stuff on the outside, a winking emoji on the side of the driver's mirror. So if anyone ever spotted the car, you could look at my car. Oh, and go, right. So by Monday, I already got hits about my car being driven around the city. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? So the detective, I found out, worked overnight, which I kind of thought was weird that they would assign him to my case. Because what can you do at nighttime? Well, if we work at night. I mean, I would just say that sometimes that's the best time to work at night. But I'm going to tell you that. But under, it, I'm not going to take up. But like I said, when when the citizens don't understand things, I kind of interject because I want them to understand. The officer didn't ask you, are you sure your car wasn't uh, was stolen because, you know, he, he was being lazy because that used to be my beat area, right? What happens is so many cars get from there or people forget where they park and how they park down in that area so they do tow a lot of cars and they they're supposed to tell us that so you won't make the stolen auto report but i guarantee you that's why he asked you but go ahead continue on because it's very interesting with this midnight thing so go ahead yeah. so let's double back by sunday i had already done two interviews with news people um because I'm just like, listen, let's get this story out because my car is missing. I don't know what's going on. Right. Um, and then Monday I called the detective. He didn't call me back Monday. Um, he actually called me back, I think, Tuesday. And he was like, Miss McCullum, um, your license plates have not been tagged on any camera except for the night that your car got stolen. It's a camera, it was a camera on Benning Road. They said they caught my license plate going westbound. Okay. And I'm just sitting here like, are you kidding me? But it's being mm -hmm. driven all over the city because people are telling me that they're spotting it. Mm -hmm. And so all week, it was hell, all week. I'm calling every day, asking the detective, any leads, any leads? 
And I'm still getting leads from random strangers hitting me up saying, oh, yeah, I did see your car here. Oh, yeah, I did see your car there. Mind you, I called my insurance company. I let them know that the car was stolen. And so because I was one of them ones who did not have um, the, 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 in the policy, I didn't have rental coverage. Right. They were like, um, due to the fact that it's an open investigation, if you do rent a car, you got to pay out of your pocket and we will reimburse you after you return the rental. Right. So, mm -hmm. yes. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> sorry. It took me no, I have a question. So, were you, were you letting the detective know all of the information that was coming in from citizens and from social yes. media? Definitely, okay. Definitely was. And he kept saying, I'm a veteran. And this, we're going to get your car. We're going to recover. Because I asked him, I said, so what is the percentage of you guys really bringing me my car back? And he was like, don't worry about it, Mr. McCullum. We're doing everything. And I'm sitting here like, yeah, but you're not because the tags are still on the car. Mind you, when um, about a year ago, when I got my personal last tag, is when I went to AutoZone and got the anti-theft bolt to put on my license plate so they could not be stolen. So unless you had the little, it's a little key, then you can't take the tags off. Mm -hmm. And so they rode around for a week with the, with my tags on my car, front and back. I ended up getting a rental. That was not an easy thing. Um, I had an appointment on Wednesday, that Wednesday, to go to Hertz to get a rental car. Hertz called me before I went to work. Oh, Miss McCullum, we sorry we can't honor your reservation. We don't have no car to give you. No one has turned their rental cars in. So I literally had to take off of work that morning and scroll the internet to see who had an available appointment for me to get a rental. And I ended up going with Avis. And I got to Avis. My appointment was at 1230. I didn't leave out of that parking lot until almost two. Because they were waiting on a vehicle that was not a Kia because they had a line of Kias up there. Yeah, they don't want to get they those out. Oh. Turned in. And when <laughs> they I don't want to get those out. That was the quickest turnover of a rental car that I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. They got the car from the guy. They drove it to wherever they drove it. They did not even clean the car out on the inside or the outside. Okay. And by the time I signed off on my paperwork, the, the car was right there. Okay. okay. Yeah. So you, but you do know that. Well, see, when the detective says he's a veteran in this and he'll take care of that, it, again, I'm not, I'm not taking it up for them, mm -hmm. but just understand this, understand the caseload, right? Yeah. Because again, I, I, I have to play devil's advocate because I've been there, and uh, Keisha, you, you've been. No, there. I, I'm gonna play devil's advocate and say I disagree. That sounded quite arrogant to me. Mm -hmm. hey, listen, listen. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it sounded I'm like, don't tell me how to do my okay. job. I know okay. what I'm doing. And I'm, you're a citizen. I'm a detective. And okay. I know more than you. That's okay. what it sounds like to me, Timmy. You're right. I, but the, here's the thing. I'm not covering for that part because, bro, you just, you was out of pocket for saying that. But what I'm saying is the caseload part of it, Um, there is a heavy caseload with stolen autos, right? Because we already kind of discussed this. These kids are out of control stealing these cars. Because they know there's a no chase policy for the most part. Well, no, let me just say there's a no chase policy unless they committed murder or like a 
carjacking in progress where it's like confirmed immediately because nobody wants them to chase you. Nobody wants police to chase anything anymore because it's all liability, right? So, and I told you that. And it's sad because the average citizen does not understand that. They just go, why? Oh, somebody said the police was behind my car. Well, they just let them go. Like you hear that all the time. Well, because that watch commander, that shift commander said, break off the chase. Or you don't even get involved in it. Because the thing is, we look at it from a point of if that stolen car takes off and you know what's going to happen, he's going to go down the road and hit that three-year-old child that's standing on the sidewalk with his with a 75-year-old grandmother. And then that's going to be the police fault. You see, because it's never the bad guys. I think you kind of know that now. It's never the accountability for bad people has gone out the window now. It's either the police fault or it's the victim's fault for allowing this to happen. So I, I just I just really want you to know that part of it. But your story yeah. is unique. So go ahead with, you know, go ahead well, with that I, part. Before you, before you continue that, but uh, I guess uh, the way I look at it too, I think once she went to the media, you know, once once she went to the media portion, that takes it to another, that's that's what we call red balls. Right. You know, yeah, it's, it's still a property um, crime. You know, but it's something. Okay, now there's now there's eyes on this case. People are watching to see what we're doing. You know, so I, I get where you're coming from. It's like you know, I have all this attention, and mm-hmm. I've done everything I'm supposed to do, and more. And yet, you felt like you weren't getting the attention from the detective that you thought you should have gotten. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I, yeah, I don't want to memorize how you feel. So, yeah. No, I I definitely get it. Um, so. I am a I am a single mom of four. Um, my kids vary between three years old and twelve, and so I also work two jobs and I'm in school. So this that whole week was it was it, it was difficult. But of course, my village did step in, and they step in and they stepped in in a great way. You know, oh, to support me and get me and the kids and um and everything that I needed done that week. But mind you, I had um. People telling me, Portia, you know, they normally stash cars on this street. You know, that you, you might find your car parked over here. So I, I did my due diligence, even though people were like, don't do that. Oh, oh yes, I did, because I, I still had my key. <laughs> and I went to certain neighborhoods, and I rode around, and I hit the button on my car, because I'm like, there's no way. There's no way, you know, that one the person does not know what I look like because I left my government, one of my, my daytime job, I work in the government. My badge that had my picture on it was in the car as long as mail, because I just went to the mailbox and I left it in the seat. So you not only knew what I look like, you knew where I live. Um, and my social media page is my first name and my middle name, very distinctive. And so that whole week, I'm like, there's no way. So I ended up posting um, my vehicle on the Ring app. Somebody was like, post it on the Ring app. Mind you, because I have, I have a doorbell camera. And so it didn't dawn on me to post it on there. We're going to fast forward to Friday. Friday popped up. As soon as I posted it, I, I, I was at work at 7 o'clock. Maybe five minutes later, someone tells me that they spotted my car at the gas station down there in Eastover, the Shell, at 6.31 in the morning. Someone was getting <laughs> And they spotted it because of my tag. 
And I said, the audacity. <laughs> you really are not going to give me my car back if you're putting gas in it. Now, the people are notifying you, but are they calling the police to notify them that they see a stolen auto? So or that I, they've located a stolen a, a car that's been reported stolen? I think it's more so they were remembering. So, of course, of course, you, you'll see a thousand um, SUVs, white. Oh, okay. So it wasn't real time. It was exactly. after the fact. Okay. Exactly. okay. exactly. Okay. I mean, I had people telling me that they saw my car in District Heights, you know, and I'm just sitting here like, mm. they all over town. And yeah, so Friday, I literally had to wait till Friday at eight or nine o'clock to call the detective and go, yo, so let me tell you this. Somebody didn't tell me that they saw my car this morning, da, da, da. And he goes and he's like, Oh well, I got I got I got that number to the gas station. I'm going to call them and see if if the car was there. But see, he didn't ask the right questions. He asked them, was an abandoned car there? No, no, no. You were supposed to ask them, was this car getting gas this morning at this specific time? Mm. And so he calls me back and go, oh no, the car is not there. And I'm like, well, did you really think the car would still be there if they put gas in it? Right. You should be a detective. You know that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, I'm I'm serious. (laughs) My brain be working, and so I was just like, you know what? This is this is a never ending story, and I was just counting down the days until my insurance company said that they were going to claim the vehicle as lost. Mm -hmm. Um, that point, and then Saturday morning, I'm getting ready to go to work, and a friend of mine on Facebook messaged me and says, Portia, I think I spotted your car. Now, mind you, I've had people say they've spotted my car. Someone told me that they saw an abandoned SUV um, on Friday when I was at work. Um, and I did. I drove to go find that car. And it was it was, it was was an exact replica of my vehicle, but it was not mine. And it was abandoned with the back, um, with no tags on it. And the back window was busted out. Wow. What are the chances? You know, and I was like, dang. I was hoping it was mine, but I was glad it wasn't. So she hit me up and she was like, Portia, I think I see your car. It's in someone's house and I can see it off of 295. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Say that part again. Yes. I'm not laughing. So but say my, that part again. Yes, it's, it's a friend of mine. She hit me up and she was like, Portia, I think I saw you. I think I see your car. And I was like, what, where? And she was like, I can see it off of 295. It's in someone's house. Down River Terrace. Now, mind you, I was at that time in the morning, I was on 21st Street, Northeast. So I was literally about three blocks away. So I hurried up, finished getting dressed, and I'm like, I'm about to drive down there to see what's going on. And so I drove down there. Um, it was a lot of the neighbors out front. It wasn't, it wasn't a lot of, you know, like random people by that yeah. time, because I got down yeah. there like 10 o'clock. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? I see the car. I see the trunk is up. So I couldn't really make out the license and I couldn't see the side of the car that I needed to see to even confirm that that was my vehicle. So, of course, I'm asking the neighbors what happened and they're like, oh, somebody got killed in the car. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? And so I I, I walk up to one of the officers and I'm like, can you tell me what the license plate is on the vehicle? Because my car has been missing for a week now. Exactly a week, seven days. And he's like, this is Park Police's um, crime scene. I don't know. But give me your information. If it is, if we find out it is your car, we'll call you and let you. Mm. The weird part about it is I stood there for maybe like another five minutes because I did have this feeling 
that maybe that is my car. But then it was like, dang, if it's my car, that's messed up. And then it was like, but mm-hmm. if it isn't, my car's still out here. And so as I'm standing there, I'm noticing that the officer is pulling the trunk down. Because all I needed to know what was the license. Next thing I know, he flips up a piece of cardboard. And I'm sitting here like, so you telling me they was riding around with a piece of cardboard on the license plate? But I couldn't make out the fact that there was still a license plate. A whole license plate still up underneath me. And I ended up leaving. I went to work. And I got a call like around two something. And the detective was like, Miss McCollum, this is your car. Wow. Now, at that time, had you known everything that had happened with the driver and with all the... All I had known was the drive. It was I didn't know any other like serious, serious details. But I'm just sitting here like at that time because I was at work. I was trying to think about. It. I was like, this is so messed up. A child died. You know what I mean? I was. I was. I was like, huh? How? What happened? You know? I didn't get any of the real details until later on. And no. I was. I was sad about it. Like. I ain't even going to lie. When the officer said it was my car and they was able to determine by my VIN number, when I say I broke down, I, I broke down. I broke down and cried. And I was like, a, a 17-year-old died in my car? Like, it really hit me. Now, describe for me, because I know I saw the picture of um, the final, where, where the car finally rested on somebody's uh, front steps or the porch. No, Is, in the living room. Say it again? In the lady's living room. Oh my. Okay. So can you describe what you saw? So when I went down there, um, I don't know which street I turned off, but it was it was ambulances everywhere. So um I got out, I got out, and you don't really hear nothing because it's not a lot of people, everyone is just observing. And I see the car, it's in the house, and I the day at the time he was still laying on the grass. He had a white sheet, and all I could see was his feet. And I'm just like, this is crazy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is time no was down there yet. No family members was down there. It was just the EMS, the police, and the ambulances. And the neighbors saw what happened. It sounded like you got down there right after everything happened. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you how did how did after you I guess dissected the the scene a little bit with your mind and and then you found out what happened did it i'm not gonna say that's a stupid question did it bother you i'm sure it did but Mm -hmm. at what point what point did you you know kind of like hey i'm also a victim in this and again i'm not i'm not taking away his life his loss of life but what i'm saying is you know it kind of shifted it seemed like everything shifted to we're going to, again, we always say this, it's just not in this case that we always show the media gets into it and they'll show the extreme baby picture. Mm-hmm. They will show, you know, like the family, again, in, in, in certain situations, like the family was tight and loving and they had no idea what this kid or child was out there doing. Right. And I get that, but nobody seems to take accountability for their kids anymore especially in this area. And I'm not saying all, but it's a lot because the number of stolen cars and carjacking um, cars you hear on the radio on a given night is incredible. And again, it's like, they already know, like I said, you can't chase them, right? So they just 
they going crazy doing it. And I wonder sometimes, it's like, we we pull up kids sometimes in the neighborhoods and, and parents come running from nowhere. My child ain't do nothing. You know that. My child's a saint. What'd he do? He was in the house. And you, you look like, well, where are these same parents when, when there's kids out here doing damage to other people's property and killing and shooting and, and robbing and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Because it's 16 and 17 and 14-year-olds that are doing it. We just had three juveniles in D.C., females. They were pulling in like it was set it off in mm-hmm. a car. I think they were like 14, 15, and 13. And then it was a male that was with them, so it was four of them. Right, but mm-hmm. set, but set, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, set it off. We didn't think of that at that age. I wasn't thinking about robbing. I'm thinking about girls, right? Like, right. girls. Like, I'm going to pull a pretty girl head in the class. Like, what the hell has happened where the world has turned upside upside down and we don't hold children accountable for mm-hmm. anything anymore? And it's just like, you were left to fend for your damage. And yeah. I'm sorry this young man is dead. I am, right? But it's, it's still collateral damage after that. That lady's house. I mean, imagine you sitting in your house and a car comes ramming through it. And most of those people over there are like senior citizens that live in that area. You know what I mean? They homeowners. A lot of them are homeowners. They've been in that area for years. And you sitting in the living room somewhere and a, and a truck comes crashing through your your wall. Yeah, He's they, traumatized forever. Yeah. Well, the guy said he had just walked out of the living room. Like, literally. Yeah. Yeah, think about that. You know yeah. what I mean? And we never we never bring that out there to say, you know what? Um, we need to do something. All we go is, well, we have more wrecks in it. Stop it. Stop it with oh, the wrecks in this. It, it really does. It starts at home. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. And it's like, we quick to defend. And I get it. You have a child. You know, there there are instances where you're like, hey, my kid was doing this. He was innocent. Or he was being a kid. That's fine. I get it. But it's so many kids out here doing this reckless stuff in between yeah. the schools, fighting every day. And you wonder, you're like, where did these kids come from? Were they just hacked? Because it's like, we're the parents. Do they ever show up anywhere unless you put in handcuffs on? Well, you know, you know, Kenny, you know, I, down here in Baltimore, you know, I worked at juvenile booking uh, for, for five years. And the it, it, it went from the, the crimes, like you mentioned earlier, you know, um, the small graffiti, you know, breaking a window. Smack, it, it went from those small crimes to violent crimes. Right. And it's almost like the juveniles were doing more violent crimes than the adults were. Exactly. And the juvenile justice system isn't set up to prosecute, you know, those nope. violent crimes committed by such young offenders. Nope. So, you know, we see how now in Annapolis, you know, the laws, of they're trying to work on those laws. But, you know, there's this back and forth with, you know, should kids be held accountable? Should they not be held accountable? At what age should they be held accountable? This, this is, we have to, we have to really... Pay attention to what's going on now. We can't still look treat these kids like we did 20, 30 years ago. Because they're not the same kids. It's a different mindset. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. They're not the same kids at all. You know, so so Ms. Poison, let me ask you this. How did the family find you? Oh, through through social media? So um Kilmo actually called me um before the the police to confirm. He called me, he was like, 
um, I posted your car a couple of days ago. Is this yours? And at the time I was telling him, I didn't know. So he was like, let me know when it's confirmed that it's your car. And so uh, it was probably about an hour later. I I told him that it was mine. And so he posted the car was found and, um, the, you know, and so me, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to get past this and, and I'm, and I, I said something to the fact of, oh my God, that was my car. And so where I was sympathetic and had empathy for the situation, it turned into anger later on that night when a family member decided to say something to the fact in my inbox, oh, you wish death on him. And I'm sitting here like, at what point did you see me say anything like that? I simply stated that a child losing his life over a vehicle was not worth it. Right. And it was not, especially right. when you were not the owner of the car. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. And if it made you feel some type of way, okay. And I chose not to go back and forth um, because I'm trying to <laughs> act my age, you know, right. and, th- and especially in this type of situation because anything can go down. And right. so I just decided not to entertain any of the negativity. Right. That was Saturday. Sunday morning when I woke up, I was very angry. I was angry because I'm sitting here like, not only did y'all ride around, and then it's, and then it's the narrative, well, they, the family members were saying, he didn't steal the car. He didn't steal the car. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't care who stole it. It was stolen, and he was the last one in it. And now I don't have a car. Hmm. You know, at some point, and then it's like, then another thing that got me was the Black Lives Lady. And I'm sitting here like, so you're telling me that they intentionally was like, oh, this is, is a Black African-American on the radio. It's a Black African-American 17-year-old in a stolen car with stolen um tag. There's a gun and we need to kill him now. Like, come on Thank now. You. That is Thank not you. how it played down. Thank you. So it is not a black and white thing. Thank you. You know, we need to cut that out, that every time a Thank officer, you. you know, encounters a situation like this, I said, because we don't even know what complexion that officer is. He could be a Chinese man. He yeah. could, we don't know whether or not he's black or white, whether yeah. he's a male or a female. We don't know. Everything is blacked out. And you yeah. barely un- can understand the voices anyway. Yeah. So it's not a black and white thing. It's a right and a wrong thing. Exactly. You know, and I'm, I'm, I, I sit there now and I go, this narrative that y'all are spinning, first of all, it's not the truth. Because you cannot walk into the court building with dirty hands anyway. So already he was in a stolen vehicle. Yep. Then I heard that the tags that were on top of the tags were stolen too. Yeah. And so by Sunday, I was like, listen, we're not about to do this. So a couple of my friends gave me a couple of the news, four, four four and nine. And they came out, they met with me, they did my interview. Because they're like, okay, at this point, my emotions are everywhere, but I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. But mm-hmm. I do that with the family because that's what I live with. I, I am very sympathetic to what happened. But now I am at a loss still. And, and, and seemingly targeted, you know, by people who want, it's almost like when you're angry and you're hurt, you want to blame somebody and you want to be angry with somebody. You can't be angry with the with the person that, is deceased so you gotta lash out at somebody and that somebody has happened to be you and i'm sure at some point of course they're gonna lash out the officer but to lash out at you is what mm-hmm. i don't understand mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and then, of course, I, I, you was, know why, Keith. You know why. <laughs> yeah, it's F, why. F that girl and her, F her car and F her. And I'm yeah. Like, I'm sitting here like I'm a whole mother out here. Yeah. I'm working. I'm not sitting here on welfare. Yeah. Any money from the state. I'm out here being a productive citizen. That's where you went wrong. Oh, I, and I, I get where you're coming from, Kitty. I, yeah. And when you say, you know why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say mentality. Yeah. That's where I she went wrong. I did not, okay. put, I did not put $6,000 down on a down payment for a brand new car in 2020 for it to, in 2023, become a free car to be ridden all over the city by 17 year olds. That's yeah. right. I don't That's work right. hard for that. I work hard for my kid. One who is actually hearing impaired, which I don't really tell anybody, she has a whole hearing aid. And you have the audacity. It's like a slap in my face. Now, have you received, how, 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 what's happening financially with you? And guys, please excuse my voice tonight. I am so hoarse. I don't know what's going on. But what's happened with you financially? How are you making out now since all um, this is happening? So my mother, um, she was like, her, my sisters and my mom was like, do a GoFundMe. And I'm I'm not one where I don't ask anybody for a dollar. I'm not one that's giving, giving, giving. And so it did. It, it took a lot of my pride mm-hmm. for me to do it. And I did it. And when I say it was a struggle amongst struggles, because even as I'm posting it in groups, there these people are like, why do we have to contribute to your GoFund? Don't you have car insurance? Oh, <laughs> baby. Oh, oh, that. And I'm like, but let me see what wow, happens. Yeah. Your car gets stolen. You wouldn't want me to repost it, aren't you? Yeah, like, it's yeah. that. like, when I say I got someone told me, you need to be mindful of the fact that you have four kids and there's no father around. Well, first of all, I was married when I had the last two. So let's cut that narrative. I am a divorce. Doesn't Mom, matter. Of course. But it doesn't yeah. matter the fact that a man is not around because I would not expect my husband to reimburse me for something that was taken from me. Yeah. And just hearing you tell the beginning of the story when you mentioned how you had to come out of pocket yes. for your, your your rental. Mm-hmm. So even though people have insurance, and that's why it's important that we let you have a voice, because people don't get to hear from the, you know, the person who was affected. I, I'm not going to call you a victim. The right. person who was affected, the innocent person affected in this situation. And they don't understand. You had to come out of pocket yep. for things that were not covered by your insurance company. So and then there's the, the, there could have been loss of wages when you didn't go to work. There's so many different things that people go through other that insurance does not cover. Yep. And sometimes we need a little help. And your story was public from the very beginning. You went public posting your car, asking for help. You went to the media. So it's it's not lost on me that, okay, yeah, you, you would ask for help at this point at the end of it all because now you're suffering monetary damages. Yes. So, um... The insurance, when I called them that Monday to let them know what happened, I actually sent them a link to my uh, news interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were able to link that to my claim, which expedited a lot of the stuff that would have taken forever because I still don't have the car. I mean, I, I haven't laid eyes on my car since my car got stolen. Wow. Um, yeah. so the insurance, they did pay out the value of the car. They did reimburse me my um, rental car expenses was was like almost a thousand dollars just for me having a rental for two weeks. Yeah, and that's an unexpected expense, you, you know? know. Um, and then even everything that was personal in my car, you know, down to my daughter's car seat. You know, I'm like, if you steal my car, the least you could do is toss the you toss the window, toss the car seat. 
to please you know like the thing that gets me is like if he he's a whole father whole father out here got a young son got a whole mother got all these sisters and you treated me like some gum bag like for real I, I it's like i take it so personal when men treat single mothers a certain type of way when you are raised by a single mother and you witness and you experience the struggle. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And for the family to go, oh, well. Yeah. Like, how do you not sympathize with me? How do you not at one point go, I know my son did wrong. He's no longer here. I do want to apologize for the damages that he created on his way out. You know what I mean? I'm a mother. I have a son. I have one son, three daughters. And I have never been that mother where I say, I don't believe my son did that. My kids are capable of doing whatever. Yeah. Anything. And I raised, I was raised with parents who never believed that we were incapable of doing anything. <laughs> Same my mom was always, I know my daughter yeah. did that, but then she reprimanded me behind closed doors. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I'm never going to be that mom that, that'll go, my son ain't do that. Because it's a possibility that, that he probably did. Especially when you ain't around. The kids do exactly. stuff. On the mm -hmm. Exactly. And right. so with me, of course, the word, and it's funny that you use the word accountability because I've been posting that all on my page for the last two weeks. Accountability, accountability, accountability. At this point, I don't understand. I, I get DC. I get the laws. But something has to be done. Because yep. it's ridiculous. And then for you to ride around with no key on a brand new car, it's a USB port. And you're not going to tell me that at no point did any family member see my car. Mm. You're not going to sit there and lie to my face and tell me that nobody saw him. Because let me tell you something. The window was taped up too clean for a 17-year-old to have done it. Mm. Yeah. It's not like the story is going to keep unfolding because I still want to know why he ended up asleep in yeah. the, the car. You know, so it's so many questions that I know I, I have and many others have too. And this was just another side of the story that now is being told. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into that. Um, we listen, we want to, if you want to come back, mm -hmm. welcome to come back. We do that side too of, some other information or you know definitely do a side too but i definitely want to put this out because a lot of my listeners hit me up and was like hey dude let me know you know when you post it right because they really want to hear they want to hear you know they want to hear that voice because like i said they never hear the and i'm gonna call you a victim i'm gonna call it what it is right you're a victim of a crime and again i'm not i'm not downplaying that young man's death but what i'm saying is I've seen this movie way too many times. Mm -hmm. And all we seem to do is, well, they was black. They was black. The cop did this. The cop did that. We we got into the tactics last week, right? We right. we talked about bad tactics and other, mm -hmm. you know, ways the officers could have did something. That's fine. But it's good for you, again, as a black female woman, to stand up and say, I I'm tired of this crime too. I'm tired because I'm a victim of it. And all we do is keep electing these same people that go, yeah, I'm for the black man, I'm this, I'm that. We we vote for color instead of 
what a person really going to do for us. So, you know, can do for us. Yeah. It's, t- it's time to tighten these laws up because these kids, they are out of control and they're killing people, they're robbing people, and they're doing stuff that we never thought to do at 14 and 15 and 13 years of age. Mm-hmm. So it's not the same, like you said, Keisha, it's not the same the same treatment that we got back then there where they told us, go sit down and shut the hell up somewhere in the room, and you went and shut the hell up and shut the door. They don't, like, they don't listen to that. They breaking out, breaking into people's houses, doing whatever, and it's like, Okay, at what point, again, you had this kid, you had this baby shower, you had all this, you know, baby reveal <laughs> party, you know what I'm saying? You, you did all that. You loved that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I say thing, because I'm not referring to any one yeah. child, but you love <laughs> this kid that it got to a certain age. And then it's like... Hands okay, off. I, I can't do yeah. anything with them. I would get that yeah. all the time. I don't know what to do with them. Yeah. I have other kids to raise, and I just can't do anything. He fights me. You know, so what can you guys do? Like, wait a minute. Yeah. It's just your kid. It's just your kid. Do you want to, do you still have your goal from me? Yes. If you would like to, I'd like for you, if you you want, you can give the listeners the go from me information. Okay. Um, Oh, shoot. I mean, go ahead and find it. Yeah. (laughs) Is it like underneath my email? That's how they can find me? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We can post it. Yeah, just post it or send it, send it to me. Okay. Yeah, we'll make okay. It. And mm-hmm. then we'll we'll make sure it gets you know gets posted again. But listen, we're gonna have you back if if possible if yeah. you want to come back because this is side two to this, and we want to get you back on hopefully next week. And to be honest, I think Keith, I think that's a perfect time to take a call or two while we got her okay. next you know next week. You know what? Absolutely. Now that she's gotten her story out, I'm sure people. <laughs> yeah. I always say this every week. I'm sure people have questions. So yeah, right? that would be a good so, time. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get you back on, um, you know, hopefully next week, of course, and uh, we're gonna take a call or two, okay? Because we're gonna let a listener or so ask, you know, comment or mm-hmm. ask you a question. So or show can, support, you know. Yeah. Okay. So again, get your side. Okay. So thanks, thank you. We appreciate it, and um, guys, I will talk to you immediately uh, before I post and um, get further information. Okay. okay. Thank you. All right. Man. Good night. Good evening. Good night.